Good morning and welcome to Monday morning, January the 29th in 2024 on When I Arise. Say we begin year B, the fifth Sunday after Epiphany. And on the Monday of the week, I'd like to take a look at the Old Testament passage, which comes to us from this week from the Revised Common Lectionary and this week of the church's calendar year. And so instead of an Old Testament narrative, we'll go to a prophet, Isaiah chapter 40, verses 21 through 31. So let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making this part of your morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Isaiah chapter 40, verses 21 through 31. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Was it not told to you from the first? Have you not grasped how the earth was founded? He is enthroned on the rim of the earth, and its dwellers are like grasshoppers. He spreads out the heavens like gauze, and stretches them out like a tent to dwell in. He turns princes into nothing, earth's rulers he makes as not. Hardly planted, hardly sown, hardly their stem rooted in earth. When he blows on them, they wither, and the storm bears them off like chaff. And to whom would you liken me, that I be compared, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high, and see who created these. He who musters their hosts by number, and all of them calls by name. Through abundant strength and mighty power, no one lacks in the ranks. Why should you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, My way is hidden from the Lord, my cause is ignored by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? An eternal God is the Lord, creator of the ends of the earth. He does not tire, he is not weary. His discernment cannot be fathomed. He gives vigor to the weary and great power to those sapped of strength. Lads may grow weary and tire, and young men may badly stumble. But who wait for the Lord shall renew vigor, shall grow new pinions like the eagles, shall run and shall not tire, walk on and not be weary. This is the word of God for us. All right, a little shout out to my father-in-law, Mark. Uh, Isaiah 40, 31 is at least one of his favorite uh, Bible verses. A lifelong runner, uh, obviously knew at points during his journey what it's like to grow faint while running. So the uh, prospect of being able to run without fainting uh, obviously is something that every runner dreams of. Can I hear an amen from the back? Um, This is a a great, great passage. Um, Isaiah 40 is what uh, the scholars in the Old Testament guild called Second Isaiah. We've talked about this before. When I rise, there seems to be a key change. So if there's like background music, to the reading of Isaiah, get to the end of Isaiah 39, and there is a bit of a key change, a definitely more hopeful turn uh, than in the first part of Isaiah. To some part of the Isaianic scholars, they might even say there's a third Isaiah towards the end, but uh, you know what, let's just talk about this second Isaiah for today. A day has enough worries of its own, (laughs) right? Um, But what we see in Isaiah 40 is a key change and something that Uh, Robert Alton and others say is that um, the prophecies that begin in this chapter begin so abruptly. Uh, They don't even warm us up to new themes and new ideas. 
There isn't like this uh, bridge that's built between the two, um, but it seems to get right to the point. And uh, I think what happens in these 10, 11 verses that we read today is that it's beginning, it's beginning to address maybe what was one of the greatest anxieties of the people of Israel at this time. Um, by now, surely, um, if they haven't been carried off into exile, they're being threatened by it uh, profoundly. And so uh, they're beginning to wonder if God has forgotten them, like if uh, maybe he's too busy looking after somebody else. And so you hear that heartbeat right in the middle where God begins to speak in the middle of this passage. And uh, he asks Israel, like, why do you ask? Um, has God forgotten our way? Um, but this is something where God wants to say, no, like, I'm going to make it all belong. I'm going to make it all count. So even in their uh, bewilderment and their suffering, even in their travel off to exile as prisoners, and the promises of them returning, God's going to make it all count in their story. Um, I don't know if you've ever done like, a mosaic project before, but at first, like, you get this blank canvas and you got all these uh, shards of glass and you've got all these different ways in which the, the light reflects them. And you can begin to think about, okay, I can put these, these uh, pieces of glass, these stones in a certain way as to make this picture. And not just what it's like on the canvas, but like when it's held up to the light and light begins to cascade through it, what it begins to show. And um, I think that's what it's like as the people of God. We can't see the full picture in this moment, right? Um, I really kind of cherish the words of Dallas Willard when he says, like, a, in summary, that you really can't feel when God's working on your life in the moment. Um, something like we, we can't measure it. Now, he's actually a Missourian, so he'd say, he'd say measure. <laughs> you can't measure it in the moment. Uh, but it's something that we see in retrospect, that as we look back, we see how God drew near. And I think this is the word that uh, the Israelites needed at this moment. Um, they may not know why all this belongs, but when they look back, they would see that they were not abandoned by God, just dropped off on a bus stop somewhere, but they were in his care. Um, even though it was a long and winding road, a pathway back uh, to the promised land in order to reestablish the commonwealth of Israel and begin to anticipate what global dreams God would have even after all that story they traveled. Um, they may not be able to measure it, measure it in the moment, but God is surely with them. And I think that's a good, good word for all of us. Um, here we are, it's you know, the waning days of January. And um, I think not only does like life begin to buffet us at times, but I think it's also the, the seasonal stuff that begins to work on our hearts and minds. And it begins to uh, tell our conscience that uh, perhaps we're left all alone here. But um, this is where I think a word like this and the liturgy is so helpful. Like it actually helps us because it convinces us that we can think a better word uh, and that we can think about how God has been faithful in the past. Um, I was listening to a Stoic philosopher uh, share from the words of Marcus Aurelius. And Marcus Aurelius said this really interesting phrase about the soul. Uh, we're doing a lot of soul work and, and thought content here at church. And uh, Marcus Aurelius said, the soul becomes dyed with the color of its thoughts. Isn't that awesome? Like, I think you and I have been there, like, and we've met people who are pretty buoyant and not like the thin, sappy, happy, buoyant, but who are like really navigating some difficult times. But and even though they admit it and they're not trying to hide the, the harshness and the severity of their issues, like there's this, like this confidence that's deep within them. And it's because they have agreed with folks like Marcus Aurelius and others that the soul becomes dyed with the color of its thoughts. 
And maybe that was one of the soul formation pieces of this passage is that God is reaching out to his people and he's giving them a better word so that their souls might be dyed with better thoughts so they could be prepared for the days ahead. And I think that's the word for all of us to embrace this morning. So with those things in mind, let's spend some time praying to our God this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're a good God and you continue to wrap us in your mercy. You allow us to experience grace each and every moment, each and every day. And uh, as we take a step into this next week and as we allow our souls to rise to meet you, we just confess to you that uh, we are weary at some point and we have thought the same thoughts as ancient Israel. We feel like we're left all alone and trying to fend for ourselves. We think it be, that because of Eucharist and songs and prayers and study and the lectionary readings, that, that we can have a better word soak into our souls. It can be dyed with um, words of hope and comfort. And so, God, I pray for those particularly heavy laden today in the Winter Rise community. Uh, may they not grow weary as they continue to travel the well-worn path of the faithful. And so we pray that you'd reveal Jesus to us, reveal Jesus in his mercy to us, Reveal Jesus in, in his strength to us, that we can be strengthened so that we can be the faithful people of God who embrace not only your will for our lives, but also your destiny for all of creation. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.